Ephesians chapter 4 is where we're going to begin. Uh, we will be doing a little flipping around, uh, nothing too crazy. Uh, we're not going to be going to Zephaniah or any place like that. Uh, but uh, truly, we've been blessed this year. Uh, God has done some amazing things uh, in the lives of our teens uh, and in the lives of our, our church members and uh, in the lives of those who we've been able to uh, have an impact. Um, and and our, our theme for this year has really been maturing in Christ and being anchored in the Word of God. Uh, and, and truly, we've been doing our, our best to begin with the milk of the Word. And we're going to be talking about that a little bit tonight. Uh, beginning with the milk of the Word, the very basics of, of what the Bible is and uh, what it is not. And um, who God is and who He is not and who Jesus is and uh, what salvation is. And uh, working our way through and, and hitting some very key doctrines to get a good foundation. And from that, we built on as we continued on, and we hit some very, uh, uh, very difficult topics throughout the year. And uh, the, our teens have had a good response to the teaching and the preaching, and uh, I believe the Lord has blessed throughout the year of what we've seen. Uh, but tonight, we're going to be closing out that theme. Uh, Roger, I believe I'm going to put the pulpit mic down, and we'll go to number letter C, I believe it is, if it'll work for us. Uh, but we're going to be hitting again the, the main theme verses for this year, and it was uh, Ephesians 4:14. 4, but we're going to be reading 13 and 14 tonight for a little context. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 13, it says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we yet again can dive into your word. God, I pray that you would give us a special unction of your Holy Spirit tonight. Lord, I pray that you would anoint my lips and that you would speak through me and hide me behind the cross so that only that which you would have spoken would be spoken. Lord, I pray that you would speak to each and every heart here tonight and that you would meet each and every need. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the milk of the word. And Lord, we thank you for the meat. And Father, I pray that tonight as we expound on these eternal truths that we're going to see, Lord, that we can go forward in our walk with you and that we can grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, we're so thankful for all you do for us. Father, we want to thank you for Jesus and we want to thank you for all that he has done for us. Lord, I thank you personally for my own salvation. And Lord, for creating a new creature in me. Lord, we're so thankful for all you do, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So these verses here in Ephesians chapter 4 are telling us that there is a measure that we are to be reaching towards. And that is not the measure of a man. That is not, we are not reaching towards the measure of just the pastor or some potentate across the seas. But we are truly working towards the measure of the stature, the fullness of Jesus Christ. That is keeping our eyes on Christ and following him. Looking towards Jesus Christ and the fullness of what he is and growing in the grace of God to the point where we are matching up line by line, precept by precept, with the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we began in, in the beginning of the year, as I stated, uh, with very, very basic teachings out of the Bible, so much as to uh, say and explain what is the Bible and how we got it, uh, where it came from and who wrote it and 
just exactly what it is to us and the power that it has. And just recently, we've been, as I said, speaking on some very, some very tough topics. Uh, there's been a lot of hardships that have gone through our, our teens throughout this year, and uh, I, I would beseech you and beg you to please continue to pray for them, uh, because they're dealing with things that I would have never even imagined when I was their age. Uh, it is a tough time to grow up and to try to be a godly teen in the society that we are in. One who would clearly stand apart from the rest and say, you know what, I don't care what society is doing, I'm going to follow Christ. Uh, this has been uh, a, a great year of growing for me. I have learned a lot from our teens, and I, I pray that they have learned a lot from us <clears throat> as well. But in verse 14, we see that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. This is, this is speaking of the necessity of being anchored in the word of God, being anchored in the eternal truths that are given in this book. Uh, without, a, without a foundation, a building will fall. Uh, without a firm foundation, a building will stand for a time, but as soon as the winds start to blow against it, uh, it's going to crash down and it will fall. We see that with uh, many times overseas and, and maybe in the Caribbean. We see some of these houses that are built, but uh, really they're just kind of thrown together. And boy, those hurricanes come through and they just completely decimate whole communities because there's no firm foundation. And, and the walls that are built are so fragile. Uh, but what we are striving to do in our teens and, and in our teen group and in our church, really, is to have a firm foundation in the Word of God. And that goes beyond just the, the, uh, 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 the metaphor of it. Truly understanding God's word. Truly understanding what God expects from us. What he has done for us. And who we are in Christ. Uh, and, uh, beginning with that, of course, that, that saving faith in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Coming to the point where we can know who Jesus is. That we can know him personally, and that, that goes from a head knowledge of knowing about him to a personal relationship with him, where he becomes our personal savior, our God, our king. Uh, the Lord becomes our father, and we become his child. Uh, that, is, that is the beginning of any relationship. Uh, that, become, that is the beginning of any walk with the Lord. And from that, we have built upon that. And now we're going to go into 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 lays out exactly the need of growth. The need of growth. And, and we will also see it later on in, in Hebrews. Um, but here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the main topic of tonight is moving from milk to meat. Moving from milk to meat. Uh, we all know about uh, being on the milk of the word, and, and we're going to see this here in just a second. Uh, but there's a need to grow to the point where you can handle the meat. Uh, and, and we're going to expound on that in just a second here. But in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse 1... And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. 
what the Apostle Paul was dealing with was he went to this very carnal city of Corinth, and if you wanted to get a picture of carnality, a picture of sin, a picture of just absolute wickedness, you would describe to somebody, oh, they are a Corinthian. All right, this was basically the center of immorality in the world at that time. And, but there were those who were accepting the message of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they were getting saved. But unfortunately, they were still living in the flesh, and they were still carnal. We get that in, in, chap, in verse 3 of chapter 1. I speak not unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as babes in Christ. This was some time after Paul had first been there and had shared the message of the Lord Jesus Christ with these people. And they had uh, needed the milk of the word, as a babe does. A newborn baby needs milk. It needs that which uh, has the most nutrients without any hindering. And here we see that there were newborn babes in Christ that had received the milk. They had received that which they needed to begin their growth. But in the time that he had spent away from them, there was not any further growth. They were still, at this time, needing the milk of the word. By this time, they should have been on some stronger meat. They should have at least been to maybe the, can, the jarred baby food. All right? But they were, at this point, still needing milk. Uh, when we look at somebody, a child that is, that is a baby, uh, when we saw Elijah and now we see Boone, uh, very much needing milk or formula, however it may play out, okay? Um, we say, oh, isn't that precious? But when we see a 12, 13, 14-year-old still on mother's milk, boy, we see something wrong. There's something not right there. Uh, at the same time, if a Christian... Being saved for three, four, five, ten years, however long it may be in that individual's walk with the Lord, if they are still on the basics of Scripture and they're not able to handle meat, there is something wrong there. Uh, we ought to be to the point in our Christian walk, if you have been saved any amount of time, that you should be seeing some progression. You should be seeing some progression in your own life. Now, when I began this this. Uh, this year out in the preaching, in, back in January, when I first preached out of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, I said, when we close out this year, I want to look back and I want to see some growth. Now, I want us to all personally take some reflection back on the past year, back from January to now. Uh, we have grown in some areas, uh, but there may be some areas where we have yet to relinquish control over to the Lord. We still say, no, Lord, I don't want meat in that area. No, Lord, I don't want strengthened in that area. I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable where I'm at. Uh, and that's a very dangerous place to be. But I want us to all tonight, as we are, as we are listening to the, the scriptures being expounded, as, as the Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts personally, let's look at our lives from January to November here now and see exactly how it is that we have grown. If you cannot see measured growth in your spiritual walk with the Lord, then you might want to take a deep introspection and see where you have been holding back from giving control over to the Lord in your life. Uh, if you are not now closer to the Lord than you were in January, you have not grown in these areas. You are still, uh, so to speak, on the milk that you still were in January, where by now we should be on some meat. Uh, this is going to be personal for each individual, and it's going to be different 
for each individual. You will be seeing things in your life that, wow, you know what, this is something I've grown in. I really struggled with that, and God has changed my heart on that, and it's manifested itself in an outward showing of it. But you may look at your neighbor and say, boy, you know what, I don't see any change in them. Where's the change? What's going on with them? What's wrong with them? When you can't see what God is doing in their heart. Something that they are dealing with and gaining victory over might be something that you have no idea about. We need to be very careful casting a judgmental glance on the outward appearance when I'm telling you what, friends, we very well may be with that judgmental glance just desiring a whited sepulcher in that person. Uh, we hope and we pray that the, the professions of faith are true, and we look for growth, and, and it will be measured growth differently uh, as, as to the grace that is given to each individual, but we ought to be seeing some growth. Um, if there isn't growth in an individual, and we see something and we think, boy, you know what, that should be different, maybe God is impressing on your heart to begin praying for that person in that area. That is the very first thing that you ought to do when you have that first initial critical thought towards somebody. Pray for them on that. Don't allow that critical thought to sink into a root of bitterness. Because in doing so, it will grow up and defile many. We need to constantly be checking our own hearts with the Lord as far as our own critical spirit towards others. Because we will each be having to stand before God. We will be judged by every idle word spoken. And, and later on in 1 Corinthians, we see here that, that our ministering will be judged by fire. And uh, what we have done, if it has been eternal, will stand the test of the fire of judgment. But if it's not eternal, it'll be burned away, and it'll be just chaff. And so looking at this here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he says, I would love to speak to you as spiritual things. There are things that I deeply desire to talk to you about, but you're not ready for it, and you ought to be. Our first challenge for tonight is an inward look at our own hearts. And I want us to take just a moment now and think about our own walk with the Lord. How have we grown personally this year? Paul had a deep desire for them to be on the meat of the word. But he says, you're not able to bear it. And neither now are you. And then he goes on later in, in chapter 3, and we won't get into that tonight, uh, but he, he goes on to explain how they are still being carnal. All right? uh, now, when we see that, that word carnal, that might need a little definition today. Uh, carnality is living, appealing to our flesh. Now, we know that our old nature, that sin nature, when you are born again, that sin nature is crucified with Christ. It is dead and gone. But you say, well, how is it that I still sin? Well, your sin nature is gone, but your flesh has gotten very good at mimicking what your sin nature used to be. And when you are living according to the flesh, when you're living carnally, you're living as though you still have that sin nature, when really, that is alien to you now. Your sin nature is dead and gone. And you ought to be living in that spirit which has been uh, born again in you. The spirit that was 
raised to life. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. He made you alive. And now you have the DNA of the Lord Jesus Christ, spiritually speaking, in you. All right? Fully giving credit to that, that analogy uh, to Carrie Schmidt that was in our, our Bible study that we've seen. All right? Uh, he has regened you to have the genes of God. You are literally his child. What a blessing that is. You're a child of the king. You have God's spiritual DNA interwoven through every spiritual cell of your entire being. Wow. I once who was a sinner, once who was carnal, once who could do nothing but sin, now have the opportunity to serve the King of kings and Lord of lords because he has made me born again into his family simply by faith, believing and receiving. What a blessing that is. So how do you move from milk to meat? Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 5 now. Hebrews chapter 5, beginning in verse 12. Over in Hebrews chapter 5, of course, remembering that uh, when the books of the Bible were initially written, it, they did not have the chapter and verse delineations, okay? And sometimes we, they, they are very much a help. Uh, but there are other times when sometimes it doesn't quite flow where they're at, uh, in, in my personal opinion, and that's just, that's just Philip Seeley's personal opinion there. Um, but here in, in chapter 5, verse 12, we're going to read down to chapter 6, verse 1. Chapter 5, verse 12 says, For when... For the time you ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. This is talking about the foundation, all right? Right at this point, the writer of Hebrews is saying, you are to the point where you should be teaching others, but you still need to be taught the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become as such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use, if you, if you underline in your Bible, underline that phrase, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And then chapter 6, verse 1, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. We see here the picture of somebody who yet again is to the point where they ought to be growing. And the writer of Hebrews is challenging them, it's time to grow up. You don't need to hear the principles anymore. You don't need this milk anymore. It's time for you to gird up your spiritual loins and get busy growing up. That's what he's saying here. That's what he's saying there. Um, in, in chapter 1, let us go on. Far too often, we leave our Christian walk at the milk and maybe the soft foods. We get comfortable there because we can have just a little bit of God to make sure that we're saved and to make sure that we've gotten rid of some bad habits and that we fit in with the church crowd, but we get comfortable there and we never go on. 
It's time some of us shake off the dust and go on. It's time some of us get busy going on with the Lord. Going on unto what? Perfection. Perfection. Now, perfection is not going to come until the day that we see Christ face to face. But that is no excuse to sit in your imperfection and be comfortable there. Let's go on. Let's go on together. Let's together, as a church family, get off of our pews, get out of our comfortable spot, and go on. Teens, we've gotten through some milk this year. This year, we've gotten through some meat this year. And this next year, let's go on. Let's take that challenge personally to go on. It's time. It's time. You're, maybe you are at the point, maybe you are still just a babe in Christ. Praise the Lord for it. Don't stay a babe in Christ. Let's go on. Let's continue on for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us go on to perfection. That phrase there in, chat, in verse 14, by reason of use have their senses exercised. That is how we go from milk to meat. That is how we go from the basic principles of the oracles of God, the basic foundation of what we need, that is how we move from the milk to the meat, by reason of use, exercising. If you don't exercise and, and you, you speak to anybody that knows anything about your physical makeup and strength and, and, and building muscle and uh, physical health, exercising is very, very important. I saw it in my own grandfather's life. He had polio as a, got polio as a teenager. All right, so he was not able to go into World War II. He had to stay home and work the farm, which, praise the Lord, the farm kept going because he was there. All right? But I, I remember him always walking with a cane, but he always was moving until he hit about 92. 92 is when he kind of slowed down. 93, he gave up, and he passed away at 94. He quit. Now, I have a great aunt that died at 105. She push mowed her own lawn until she was 100. I'm not saying you need to do that, Miss Lois. <laughs> but what I am saying is that my grandfather, I believe, quit before it was time. He got depressed and he gave up. And his health went down rapidly. And in the same token, if we are not moving forward in the Lord Jesus Christ, we will be backsliding. There's no such thing as neutral in your walk with Christ. No such thing whatsoever. You are either progressing or you are regressing. Uh, this is not a new concept to our people here. This is nothing new. But sometimes, boy, we need to be shaken up and remembered. We need to be reminded of these things. That... You know, maybe you have been, there's just a lot of you in here that have been saved twice as long as I've been alive. Praise God for that. It's time to go on. You're not to perfection yet. Let's go on unto perfection until we see the Lord Jesus Christ and he says, well done, now you're perfected. That day is coming. 
That day is coming where you will see him face to face and you will be finally free from this flesh. We are earnestly groaning for that day. The Bible says that creation is still groaning for that day as well, when it will be created anew. And we groan for that day when we'll be broken free from this flesh, when we will be made free from sin and from our, our, our wickedness. Praise God, we know that day is coming. I praise the Lord for Miss Gloria. That day for her has arrived. Amen to that. What a blessing. We we have some friends, some dear loved ones, that have gone home to be with the Lord this year. Their struggle is over. They are standing in victory right now. Standing with the Lord Jesus Christ, conversing with him face to face with that holy host. Oh, what a day that will be. And now, until that day, though, let's go on. Let's press forward. Let's press towards the mark of the prize, the high high calling of God in Christ Jesus. As Brother Paul Pritchard expounded upon us, uh, for us during our, our missions conference, let's press on. Let's push, I think is what it was. Let's push. When things come up against us and they're hard, I, I think of the, uh, the, the parable of the, the sower. And uh, there was one that went forth and he, he sowed the seed and some fell on the wayside and uh, some fell on stony ground and some fell among the thorns and some fell on good ground. Speaking of people's hearts, uh, that which was sprung up fast and had no root, that which should have made it stronger killed it, didn't it? The sun, which a plant needs for life, because it had no root, that sun killed it. The heat of the noonday sun killed that plant because it had no root in itself. We need to have that firm foundation and that root. So when the hard times come, rather than killing us, we grow. Let's press on. Let's press on. Uh, turn, if you would, to first, back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I told you we are going to be doing a little more flipping than usual tonight. Uh, but praise the Lord. I love being all over the place. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is something, this, this, this phrase that we're going to be looking at here is a very precious thing. This is the type of thing, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later on, um, this is the type of thing that you can really meditate on and chew on and just dive into. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. You know what, let's start at verse 9. We'll get a little context of verse 10. Verse 9, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. So these things which cannot be seen, these things which have not been heard, guess what? God has already revealed them to us through His Spirit. The natural man can't receive them because they are spiritually discerned. But those of us who are born again and have the Holy Spirit of God in us, it tells us right there in verse 10, God has revealed them to us by His Spirit. 
that hope that we have of heaven, that peace of redemption that we have, that the angels desire to look into, we know that because the Holy Spirit of God reveals it to us. Continuing on, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, and here's the phrase, the deep things of God. The deep things of God. Think about how deep and unsearchable our holy God is. Just consider that for a moment. And when we can spend time with our, the Holy Spirit and our God in prayer, we can meditate on the deep things of God. I ask you and I beg you tonight, please do not get comfortable with the milk. Don't get comfortable with the basics. Don't get comfortable with, oh, just enough to know you're saved and know you're going to heaven. Let's think about those deep things of God. Because there is so much more that He wants you to know about Him than what you know right now. Even the most spiritually mature person in this room has more that they can learn about the deep things of God. And those only come, as it tells us right here, by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. He is the one that reveals them to us. There's a word uh, uh, of uh, explanation about this process. It's called illumination. Illumination. Um, I'm not going to have you do it because it would really mess with our eyes, but if we were to turn off all of the lights in here, it would be very, very dark, wouldn't it? Now, I could turn on the light on my phone, and that would shine a little bit of light here, but until we turned on all of the lights and illuminated the whole room, we wouldn't be able to see everything in it, right? I mean, even now, underneath the pews and under the piano and underneath the pulpit here, there are some very dark areas. Um, I'm sure it's very dark under the organ. There's things that we can't see under there because it's still dark. That area has not been illuminated yet. As you grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit will continually illuminate new spiritual truths to you as you grow. Think about it. There are things that you have learned in your devotions this year that you never saw or knew before. I don't care if you've read through the Bible a thousand times. A thousand times this year. You are still going to be learning new things because the Holy Spirit of God is going to continually illuminate them to you. And that is a precious, precious thing. That truly is precious. But think about that phrase, the deep things of God. Personally, I want to know the deep things of God. I want to sit... I mean, if, 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 this was, if this was a job description, sitting and pondering the deep things of God, I'd be all over it. I know Brother Justin would as well. We, we quite often talk back and forth about some of the deeper things, and uh, I, I love discussing theology, you know. Um, think about some of the, the theologians of the past and, and, and some of the things that they have pondered and, and chewed on. And, and, you know, that's why, that's why I like reading some of their writings because I can glean from what they have learned. Uh, and sometimes that's how the Holy Spirit illuminates us to those truths, you know. But it's an investment. It's work. It's by use of exercise that we get these things. We grow... Towards that, that, uh, that deeper knowledge, 
when we are daily renewed in the spirit of our mind, as it says in Romans 12, 2. Um, and be not conformed unto this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. And now, that renewing of our mind is a daily process. That is what we would consider our sanctification, that, that continual renewing of our mind. It's a rejuvenating thing. If you are going along, and you're going along in your walk, and you are living on the meat that you got two years ago, that meat has long been used up, and it's time that your mind get renewed. I mean, you can still chew on that stuff, but I guarantee you, if you go back to the things you learned two years ago, you're going to see something that you didn't see before, maybe a little bit deeper in the things of God. Let's go on. Let's go on to the deeper things of God. So how? How do we move from milk to meat? It's three simple things, things tonight, by way of introduction. Yeah, that was our introduction. All right. Three things tonight. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in prayer. That's how you move from milk to meat. You spend time with your spirit conversing with God's spirit. Spending that personal one-on-one -on -one time with your father. That's how you begin to move from the milk to the meat. You have to spend daily hours in prayer. I'm telling you what, if I don't spend time in the morning before I get going with my day in prayer, uh, and you, you, I'm telling you what, we have the example all throughout scripture of our Lord Jesus Christ starting his day out early. For what purpose? To spend time in prayer with his father. If he is our greatest example, we need to follow that example. Now, you need to bracket out a time where you can specifically not only spend time in his word, but spend time praying. Talk to your father. Talk to him personally. Get to know him in conversation, and that is by prayer. Philippians 4, 6-7 through 7 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And here it comes, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. An unstable, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Right? Somebody whose mind goes to and fro with every wind of doctrine. The way you begin moving from milk to meat is spending daily time in prayer with God. Letting Him know your requests and your petitions. And what will happen? He will give you peace that passes all understanding. And He will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So that's how you begin. You begin by spending time in prayer. Number two, spend time in the Word. Spend time in the Word of God. Daily spending time in the Word of God. This is that renewing of our mind that we said. Spend time in the Word of God. 2 Peter 3.18 But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. We need to know more and more about our Savior. We have a perfect record written of everything that we need to know about Jesus Christ. And it's right there in that book. The only way that you are going to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ is to spend time reading about Him. 
reading about him in the New Testament, reading about him in the Old Testament, reading about him in the Psalms, reading about him in Genesis, reading about him in 1 Corinthians, reading about him in Ephesians, reading about him in John. Just going through, being in God's Word immersed so much that you truly learn who Jesus is and who he can be to you. That is how you grow. You spend time in prayer, yes, and you spend time in His Word. And then once you have done that, once you have spent time in prayer, once you have spent time in His Word, you exercise, all right? By reason of use, you have exercised your senses. You exercise the Word. Now, how do you exercise the Word of God? You chew on it. You chew on it. Now, I'm not talking about picking up your Bible and literally chewing on the pages, but you spend time with the Spirit of God meditating on God's Word. Meditating on God's Word is something that is so very important because it is how we exercise by reason of use. We use that. Um, Psalm 119.15 says, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. Psalm 119.23, Princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Psalm 119.148, Mine eyes prevent the night watches, that I might meditate in thy word. This is somebody who loved God's word so much that it would keep him up at night because he just didn't want to stop meditating on it. It's time we go on. 1 Timothy 4.15 says, Meditate on these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear unto all. See, there is a specific purpose for the meditation of God's Word. That is so that you can gain a greater knowledge of it, so that you can share Christ with others. It's not about you. Your walk, your personal walk with the Lord is never about you. It's always about Him and others. The sooner we can really grab hold of that concept and and sink that deep into our hearts and realize, you know what, this trial I'm going through, it's not about me. It's so that I can give glory to God so that someone else can see God working in my life. We learned about that in the men's class today. Uh, with, with the Jews that were there when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, many of them believed on him because of what Lazarus, had happened to Lazarus. That sickness was not unto death, but that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Whatever sickness you may be dealing with, whatever trial you may be dealing with, whatever hardship you may be dealing with tonight, it is not for you. It's for him. What a privilege, what an honor to suffer for the Savior. It's a strange concept, isn't it? To one who only wants the milk. But let's go on. Let's go on. We can stand. <clears throat>